what is it? Our hormones mm-hmm. are just all out of whack. I mean, for mine, mine are probably still out of whack. So, like, yeah. what, were, what are some of the things that you were doing to just kind of keep your emotions level as possible? Um, so, I journaled a lot. Nice. Um, somebody told me, you need to write stuff down because maybe what you're thinking right now is not really what you feel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I would write things out read it the next day and then I would weed things out that were probably just hormones. Like I probably shouldn't say this out loud to <laughs> mm-hmm. the people that I love. I yeah. probably should just keep this in the journal. Exactly. I love that. Did you journal beforehand like or was that new for you during the pregnancy? Um I've I used to journal like in high school. Okay. But yeah, I took a break from it and yeah. came back to it and it was it was helpful. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So how do do you do you remember like how do you how did you feel when you first realized that you were pregnant like what was your, what was your story everybody's got their story of right. like I was eating and then whatever um I was actually I'm gonna be super honest with you guys okay I was going through a breakup oh wow yep going through a breakup and found out I was pregnant and um but I'll tell you this um cause I know a lot of people go through this but a lot of people don't talk about it mm-hmm. I was pregnant before last year and I, I lost my baby Wow. Um, at three months um, so when I got pregnant it was a very hard because I knew I was trying to leave somebody but at the same time I was like this is a blessing because yeah. I felt like I was never gonna have a baby right right mm-hmm. so when you so when you went through the miscarriage miscarried last year mm-hmm. and then you found out you were pregnant again what were those emotions that you were feeling I mean I I couldn't believe it because I mean just my experiences with the doctors they didn't really know what was wrong with me mm-hmm. um but when I found out they were like oh well you have a heart-shaped it was so cute you have a heart-shaped um uterus you actually have two uteruses <laughs> like it was just all this crazy stuff wow. your baby's due on Christmas Eve and I was like this is the Lord yeah this is the Lord <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So, are you with her father now? We're together. We're we're working on it. Working it out mm-hmm. for the baby for us. Um, but we both love her very much, and our relationship is good enough that we're gonna co-parent at the end of this thing. Like yeah. whatever happens. Yeah. You know. And sometimes like <laughs> that the. The experience is what brings you back together. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's so beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing that because you're yeah. right. A lot of people don't talk about miscarriage. And, you know, the more you, the more I talk to people and moms, mm-hmm. I get, I'm surprised at how many, even young women mm-hmm. have dealt with miscarriage. Yeah. Um, and I, I know girls who have dealt with multiple miscarriages and mm-hmm. it's like really just shocking and surprising. And it's something that we, you're right, we don't give enough of a voice to the experience we don't and when I see people voice it like there's this woman on social media her name is Happy Truth okay mm-hmm. um she yeah she just got pregnant and she shares her journey like she's lost many children wow and she just announced that she's pregnant again um but I don't know I gravitate towards that page because I'm like nobody really talks about it or if they know about it, they kind of avoid the conversation with you. Like, even your family yeah. might not even know how to talk to you about it. Yeah. Like, so when I see people being able to have strength and talk about it, I'm like, yes, I clap. I applaud them yeah. for doing that. Because yeah. I don't know if there's women out there that haven't said anything about it, but... Well, there probably <laughs> are, and it's probably one of those things... Because everybody probably deals with it different. They do. They do. You know? And, like, I don't, I can't imagine how that must have felt then. Mm-hmm. And then, the on, on top of the emotions of then getting pregnant again and the fear. Because it's scary to be pregnant, period. It is. You're, and especially, okay, so if you have a miscarriage, there's this, I was just talking about this the other day. There's this defense mechanism that you have mm-hmm. where you don't really take the pregnancy that seriously wow Mm -hmm. because you're afraid of it happening again Mm -hmm. or like I didn't read one book um I didn't decorate her room I didn't I didn't do anything I just ate (laughs) you know did my thing at the house but 
at, at what point did you get to the point where you were like, okay, wait, we might be, we're, we're good. We're in the clear. <laughs> when she came home. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So it was kind of surreal for you the whole time. It was. It really was. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that perspective, which, you know, is so real and so honest. But that's that's pretty amazing, though, because it's truth. And it's it's an experience that, like, everybody, like I said, everybody deals with it different. Yeah. And you just never know how it's going to affect you. How was your family? So were you were you hesitant to even announce it? I remember your picture on Instagram, I think mm-hmm. it was. How, how far along were you at that point? I was four months. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I didn't want to share it with anybody. But then I think that's when I just started getting a little bump. And I was like, all right, well, let me just... And then I think I realized, well, I'm dealing with this. Like, this is my life now. Yeah. You know, so I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. But only a few of my family members knew. Mm -hmm. I think my mother and my father and my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Are they in Minnesota? Uh, My mom's in Washington. Okay. uh, Seattle, Washington. My dad is in Michigan. So Mm -hmm. have they been able to come down and and meet Baby Quest? My mom has. Yeah. Um, And I actually, in that picture, I was at my father's. I spent a month up there. So that was fun because I have a whole bunch of half-brothers and sisters. Okay. And they kind of rallied around me and took care of me for a month. So it was fun. What Was it their first grandchild? Um, Nope. My my mother has, um, well, I guess my mother and my father, they have two nephews. Or two grandsons, and then my um, dad has a granddaughter. Okay, mm-hmm. so he got some little cousins and stuff already mm-hmm. for Quest. Mm-hmm. So how is that? How is that experience living on different coasts at this point from mm-hmm. your mom, and then you know, way your dad's up north and you're way down south? How's that been for you as a new mom? Um, well, it's been okay. I've had people around. I have family down here okay. in Atlanta. Um, my cousin, who's with Quest right now, she comes over every week. She stays the night, like two nights a week, That's and nice. she helps me get things done. And she's our age, so you know. So it's like, so it's a fun, like best friend cousin type situation. Exactly. Oh, that's the best. Mm-hmm. So, so Quest has some fun aunties already. Yeah. yeah. So how important is it for you? Um, Because I talk about all the time, like having a village and, you know, Mm -hmm. when you have kids, like you need you need the cousin, the auntie, the grandparent, whoever is willing to come around and just give you that Mm -hmm. time to just do nothing. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten to that point where you're like, I need a break? Um, I wouldn't say all the way because I'll bring quest. Yeah. You know, I'm not afraid to get her out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go, girl. But um, I really just understood it takes a village, mm-hmm. actually, because this weekend I had all of um, her, my boyfriend's family over the house, and they were doing all this stuff. I had to run a couple errands. I had to train. I'm starting to do some part time work. Okay. And you know, everybody held it down, and I was like, oh my god, thank you so much. Yeah. Like. I couldn't have done this without you, so. It, I, I love how, like, babies bring, I feel like babies bring out the best in people. And they despite do. the circumstances that we're going through, mm-hmm. regardless of who it is, like, it, it, I always, I find, I have found that it brings out the best in people and the best in those relationships. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're experiencing, you think? Um, yeah, I think so. Well, I, I will say, like, I didn't even expect how much people gave to me or gave to my child and I'm just blown away like she has such nice things and it's from other people and I'm just like wow that's really cool yeah and I think like with my cousin that's with me we're really getting super close Mm -hmm. and um she just moved back she lived she's from here but she moved from New York and she was really lonely out here but now she's like oh I feel like I have something now I have something to look forward to so it's really cool. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. So what has surprised you most about motherhood so far? Um, well, the healing process, I'll start with that first because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just thought I'd, you know, just go about my merry way. Yeah. You know, been at the doctor like every week since then, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did you have, were you able to have a natural birth? Or not a natural, but a um, vaginal? I had a C-section. Okay. Um, me too. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
So she was breached. She was the whole time sitting the same position. Oh, yeah. And so I knew going in, but, um, and I had it scheduled and everything. So it felt, and I think that's part of the reason why it felt kind of surreal, too, because I was like, all right, I have a schedule. Like, there's no scared, like, nothing. But my water actually broke the day before my scheduled C-section. Oh, wow. So it was kind of cool. I was like, all right, she's going to do her own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you realized that you were going to have a C-section, was that, like... Because, you know, nobody plans when you have when you get pregnant. Nobody's like, yeah, I'm going to get a C-section. Like, most yeah. people aren't like that. Most people just assume that it's going to be vaginally but then like for me when I when did I realize oh I, I think my water broke while I was in the hot and then I went to the hospital or whatever mm-hmm. and then because it had been about almost 24 hours since it had broke they were like we got to go in and take the okay. baby out and I wasn't dilating my pelvis was too narrow and for me I was like I don't really care how you get this mm-hmm. baby out of here just do it you know yeah. what I mean whereas like I, I've heard people who are like I don't want them cutting me and yeah. that whole thing. Did you did you experience that? No, not at all. Um, I didn't care how she came out either. Yeah. I did not care. Um, and I knew for quite a while that it was going to be a C-section. And a lot of people, I feel, are opinionated about that. Yeah. But I don't think it matters. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Like, I applaud people that have C-sections. I applaud people that have vaginal, like... But I don't think it's okay to, like, shame people for yeah. C-sections. You don't know what they're going through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you you having the baby. Exactly. I'm no less or more of a mother. Exactly. You know, however I had it. So, so she was born. Was she born New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve? Uh, she actually came December 19th. Okay, mm-hmm. so you came a little early. That's a mm-hmm. sweet Christmas gift, though. It is. So she yeah. already had her first Christmas. That's so sweet. Yeah. So she's going through all her first stages. So did you guys do anything special around Christmas and New Year's, or were you just kind of um, adjusting at that point? Yeah, we were adjusting. My mother was in town. Yeah, my mother was in town. Um, his mother was in town, like, a few days before. So it was just fun. Like, we just had people coming in and out. We had a lot of people coming in and out, actually. So we had a lot of people cleaning, cooking. It yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't stress you out? Um, At the end, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say at the end of my mother's visit, because she stayed, like, two weeks. And I was like, all right, Mom. <laughs> it was nice. I can't wait to FaceTime you, though. <laughs> exactly. So what are you looking forward to most having a little girl? So I love, I'm starting to really love to dress her. And I think I might be doing too much because I'll dress her in the morning, like bows and Mm -hmm. all that extra stuff. And then by the time I get downstairs, I'm like, "Mm, probably shouldn't have did that. Mm -hmm. She's already spit up on everything. Mm -hmm. But I really love dressing her. Um, And then I can't wait to go to like art museums and, you know, just all the fun stuff. Like, I can't wait till she understands what she's seeing. Yeah. You know? And you seem like an on-the-go kind of girl anyway. Like, even being a millennial mom, and I'm air-quoting that, but being a younger mom, like, you almost hear about, you know, you got to stay in the house and, you know, don't go anywhere for six weeks and, you know, Mm -hmm. you mom jeans and mom clothes and mom hairstyles but like that's none of you right here why do you think that is just I don't know I just feel like I got stuff to do I really do yeah um I worked up until December 18th wow um and I probably got out the house well I started I was driving around four days after the birth (laughs) but um four weeks that's when I took her out yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm there with you. Cuz I enjoy, you know, being an entrepreneur. I enjoy working and I enjoy paying my own bills. Like yeah. and it's not like I'm racking in millions right now, so I knew like I need to, you know, stick with it. So So how have you how have you been adjusting now that she's here, she's 2 months old? Mm-hmm. You still have jewelry to make. Mm-hmm. You still have a business to continue to grow. Right. How are you maintaining that balance? What does that balance even look like for you? Um, well, luckily, so my customer is usually a Tuskegee person. 
or a friend of a Tuskegee person. It's mm-hmm. been very organic word of mouth. So everybody kind of has a relationship with me in some way. Mm-hmm. So everybody's been very understanding. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I love that and I appreciate you guys for being mm-hmm. that way. Um, yeah, everybody's like, hey, can I get this when you're ready? Yeah. So they're kind of giving me that extra yeah. cushion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're so you're gonna also be working part time. Mm-hmm. Are you are you thinking about putting her in daycare? I am. Um, I didn't want to, but I'm realizing like you kind of have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a necessity. I will mm-hmm. say too, like reach out to people around you that are in the area that because the word of mouth daycare references are also the best. Whether mm-hmm. it's a in home nanny or whatever, um, and it's not that bad, but going into it you're like because I did that too where my grandma ended up coming down but I was like I don't want to put them in daycare and then I'm like but I ain't got no choice yeah mama gotta go get some coins exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean exactly yeah um we have some people that have come around and they have daycare so I'm gonna check those out I was waiting for her to get her shot so mm-hmm. we've already started that process so I'll be making phone calls probably today yeah yeah so, so you went from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Is that where you grew up? Yep. Born and raised. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. And then you came down to Tuskegee. Yes. How was that culture shift for you? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was great. It was, there were some things that were a little, I was taken aback by, but <laughs> it was good for me. Um, I went in knowing that I wanted that culture change. Yeah. Um, I came probably the year before I attended. One of my best friends. Um, went to Tuskegee from Minnesota and she actually dropped out when I came down Mm. so we had this whole plan but whatever it didn't work out but I'm glad that I went Um, but yeah I went down there I was at Augsburg which is like a private probably predominantly white Jewish type of school Mm -hmm. in Minnesota um, I did great, like, schoolwork. I played volleyball, but I was like, I don't have a social life. Yeah. You know? Was it hard to connect with um, people there? I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. Like, the girls down there, like, the volleyball team, they hazed like it was a, I don't know. And they were doing drinking and smoking cigarettes, and I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> Well, because they got the money and stuff, right? So they I usually guess. do the hard drugs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but I was like, I'm not cool so I didn't bond with any of them Mm -hmm. you know and I was like I need my culture I even had a a conversation with my coach that I'm remembering because she pulled me aside and she's like what's going on why don't you like hang out with them and I'm just like I think I need like to be around black people (laughs) (laughs) I told her that and so um because my family (laughs) my family is so mixed um Mm -hmm. and my parents actually were both adopted into all black families in Minnesota okay so there's always that's what I'm used to but there's always this I don't really understand where I'm coming from type of situation so I felt like I needed that that culture I needed to go to an HBCU and I needed to be around my people (laughs) so and and did your best friend really influence you to go to Tuskegee or did you consider other HBCUs um I considered um I think I considered Howard um but I really liked Tuskegee I didn't really search that hard I'm not a big researcher but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I really loved it because I was down here probably spring break. Probably not the best time to come. Like the week before, mm-hmm. everybody's partying. Like mm-hmm. it was so fun. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is what I need. I'm coming. So um, how how was your how would you describe your Tuskegee experience? Because I feel like everybody's got a different one, but everybody loves it in a different mm-hmm. way. So yeah. how would you describe your Tuskegee experience? Um, well, I loved it. I guess I loved being around all the different type of people like we had everybody from every coast Mm -hmm. I just loved seeing like the fashion the way people talk like it just I loved it and then that it was in this this country town in the middle of nowhere it's just like this is a magical place shopping at Piggly Wiggly exactly (laughs) and you had to make things happen out of nothing yeah so I loved that um sometimes I remember I had a meltdown like the first week because I couldn't eat after you know the calf clothes and then there's nothing open 
and I called my mom and she was in Minnesota. No, she just moved to California and I was like, Mom, can you order me a pizza? Like, that is so funny. And she ordered me a pizza, but she's like, All right, now how, you're on your own. How you, but wait, did did they deliver? Yeah, it was one of the pizza shops that was a local pizza shop oh, okay. it was open at the time. I oh, forget okay. what it was called, but yeah. Have deliver. you been down there lately? Mm, maybe two years ago. It has changed so much. I went down there Sunday, mm-hmm. and my little cousin's 17, and I'm like, so I'm driving him around campus, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that building is because I've never seen that. I don't know what that is because that is totally brand new. Like, it was mm-hmm. so many, like, buildings, and I mean, I think it's it's great, obviously, but I'm like, y'all are a little spoiled because yeah. <laughs> we was, what dorm were you in? Were you in Adams? I was in Sage. You were in Sage. Mm-hmm. See, I was in Od- Oh, I think I do remember you were in Sage with um, Stevie and that whole crew. Mm-hmm. I, so I was in OD where I was telling my cousin, I'm like, you take a shower and you flush the toilet, and why? So if if somebody flushes the toilet while you're in the shower, you're gonna get first degree burns. Like mm-hmm. that is the <laughs> HBCU Tuskegee experience. Yeah. So. So you went from Tuskegee, and then when you graduated, did you j- come straight to Atlanta? No, I went to L.A., mm-hmm. uh, and I was out in L.A. for five years. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, because your mom was out there? Yeah, my mom was out there. I didn't know, so when I graduated, I didn't know what I was doing, Yeah, you know, and there was no work. You remember that yes. time, right? Yes, yes. So, there was no jobs. I applied, I remember I would just apply, like, to hundreds of places, just all night and yeah because everybody was on a hiring freeze (laughs) or you know that was the the dip of the uh, the recession that i guess we call ourselves coming out of now yeah so it did it's yeah right it it was i do remember that i remember i had an internship Mm -hmm. and at that time the conversion rate from intern to full-time was like 85 percent. so it and it was it was nice and i just knew that i was gonna be working for that company and then everything happened that summer and they were like we y'all y'all are lucky y'all can be interns like mm-hmm. it was it was sick yeah it, it was. was so did you always know though that you wanted to be an entrepreneur no um no I don't think so um I did I knew I wanted to do something in fashion mm-hmm. I've always known that and I can see that for you <laughs> can you so that was like that was my thing but I never knew how I was gonna get there mm-hmm. or what was gonna happen so it kind of happened organically because, um, so I, so I started waitressing. I was cocktail waitressing at a jazz club out there that was down the street. Like this was my last before I broke down job. I walked in and I was like, um, are you guys hiring? And the dude that worked there, um, old guy runs the club. He's in the club all the time. He's like, yeah, you start tonight. And I was like, oh, Okay. And I actually worked there the whole five years that I was there. Like, it's like a family-type yeah, restaurant, yeah. you know? But, so I would get extra shifts whenever I wanted. So it was, it was cool. But um, everybody there handed out business cards. So one night I had a stack, like, maybe five inches high, went through each one. And I, hey, are you hiring? Like, what's up? One person responded. And he was like, hey, come to this audition tomorrow. So I thought I was auditioning for something. And it was at um, the 1010 building in L.A., which is like a cool little like loft living type place. Okay. okay. And this guy was there and he's um, starting a production company. And um, so I thought I was auditioning for that or something. But I was actually on the panel. He was like, yeah, come sit over here. And I was on the panel auditioning people coming in with him and I was like okay so I just kind of like shadowed him all day and I ended up being there for about a year and helping him with his production and like we would get contracts and we would make um, music videos for up-and-coming artists and do their marketing and stuff like that and it was really fun so I got to see all these different aspects of running your own business mm-hmm. and he was this like middle eastern type you gotta do this you gotta do you know all day just giving me knowledge yeah and i was like this is so dope so i never got paid it was an internship so for a year i'm doing this and then finally i was like you know what i need to eat like hello <laughs> so i started bringing stuff i started making stuff just randomly bringing it on set 
and all the models were like oh my god you need to sell this and i was like really like you guys like this so i started doing um pop-up shops okay uh and the first one i did was with trap house clothing okay you know Uh will the thrill Uh so he had a party in a parking lot um and i sold my first pair for 50 dollars in a parking lot and i was like oh shit wow that (laughs) is so dope so i was like i can do this if they're gonna just buy this in a parking lot like all right yeah yeah Wow. So and so, Yo Mags was birthed. So where did yeah. where did the name inspiration come from? It's actually Tuskegee birthed because um, I think all the New Yorkers kind of Yo Mags, and then it just turned into one. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, that's funny. Uh-huh. That's very cute. I, I didn't even. I wouldn't have ever even thought to put put that. That yeah. makes sense though, because mm-hmm. that's exactly how they talk. Yeah, it was never Megan. It was Yo Mags. So. That kind of stuck with me. It was, so I named it All Fours at first um, because my favorite number is four. Um, but then people were kind of taking it derogatory, like you're on all fours. <laughs> and I was just oh, like, gosh. All right, let me, <laughs> I didn't even... let me go back to the drawing board. <laughs> that is so funny. Mm-hmm. How, like, how did they even, they, you I know, don't know, dirty minds. Dirty people. You know our people. <laughs> so you sold your first 50 in the parking lot. And you, and then you started bringing it in. At one point, at what point did you turn it into a business? Like, how was that process from? All right, I just so I just made fifty bucks. Like, that's a kind, that's a big deal for one piece of anything. Yeah, exactly. So I only knew, so I only knew this one design I was gonna do, which was an earring attached to another earring, like a chain mm-hmm. going across your your face, kind of. Because um, I was like, oh yeah, that's funky. People will try it. But then I was like, yeah, this is going to end real fast. <laughs> so I was like, what am I supposed to do? And I didn't know anything about jewelry making. Like, I've taken a beading class maybe here and there. I don't know. But I was like, okay, if I'm doing this, I need to research. So I started going to downtown LA. Um, they have a fashion district. Mm-hmm. And I would just start collecting stuff. And my mom is an artist, too. She's a painter. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she has all this, like, random stuff in her apartment. Um, And I would, like, tear apart, like, old motherboards from computers and whatever we had in the apartment. And I was just making stuff. And that's kind of how I started. And, you know, I wasn't working at the time. So, like, I was tearing apart a lot of our our things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But flipping it and then using that money to buy stuff downtown and... And just hustling. Yeah. And just hustling. So how long did... Now, at what point... So you were in LA for five mm-hmm. years. What year was this when you got everything started? Uh, this was 2011. So that was what? Year two or three of being in LA? Um, year two. Because I, I was done in 2010. I had to go back and walk the stage. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got mm-hmm. you. I got you. Yeah. So, so then, you know, you realize you've got something there. Mm-hmm. And... That was probably around the time where I think I can remember seeing like people like Dunny and mm-hmm. just different people wearing your jewelry mm-hmm. and it becoming a brand. So, yeah. you know, how did, at what point were you like, okay, I need a website, I need this, I need yeah. that, you know? So that happened pretty fast. Like shortly after I started working for, somebody brought me on to a project for, they had like this line of belts coming out and I just kind of helped with that. And the guy that was starting that, he was, he knew I was trying to do a jewelry business. Um, so he was kind of telling me, okay, you got to make a site. You got And people are kind of surprised because I was doing this stuff as soon as they said it. Like it wasn't, there was a rush. Like there was a earnestness that I needed to get this done, you yeah. know? So I, I made a website like in one night and, you know, created my we already had the Twitter and the Facebook. Like, I just kind of put all the stuff that I already had connected to it. Um, oh, and I was blogging, too. That was a big thing. Uh, Tumblr was uh-huh. really hot right uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. So I had a following on Tumblr, so I had I got that going. Um, yeah, so that's when it became a brand, and then I started getting approached by, by um, fashion houses, like little fashion houses. And they started carrying my stuff in their store. Wow. And then they would, the stylist would then bring it to projects. Um, 
And then that's how it kind of got on people. So so you were getting approached by fashion houses and stylists. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, was that because of the Tumblr and your social media presence, you think? Uh, yeah, they found me on social media, definitely. The The first guy that I worked with was Eburns. Um, Eburns. He styles like Christina Milian now and, um, I don't know, just a whole bunch of random people. Mm-hmm. But um, he found me on Instagram and was like, hey, I need to get some of your stuff. And I met with him. And that's where a lot of my bigger projects, like I got on Keisha Cole's album mm-hmm. from him and wow. different stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So what was your social media strategy? Because at the time, you weren't really looking for people to be approaching no. you, right? No. You were trying to sell it's jewelry. It kind of just happened, yeah. you know, which I'm I'm grateful for. And Dunny was a big part of it because Dunny um, curated these events where there were stylists and models, like there was everybody you needed in one room. Mm-hmm. So just going to those things, LA is not that big. So just going to those things, you see the people over and over and, you know, people want to work with you. So, so, so it's being on social media and mm-hmm. then being out in the streets as well. Yeah. Like, Cause you can't just be behind a computer. No. And I think that's a big thing being at those events yeah. and meeting those people. It's a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. Okay, so you were in L.A. and you're, you're you're getting on Keisha Cole's album and you're having stylists approach you and fashion houses. Were you kind of, like, like what was your reaction? Just kind of, would you go home and be like, what is going on? Like, were you excited? Uh, were you, like, how, how were you feeling? I was really excited. Um, I wanted to just keep going go harder you know and it was fun because my the way my brain works I'm just like I gotta get the the art out you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I just gotta ah you know um so that's all I wanted to do so I would just go shopping every day for parts and make stuff at home and that's just that was my life yeah but I think it did kind of um I noticed it kind of took over my life. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's all I would do is shop, make jewelry, or go to an event or something like that. Um, and I wasn't necessarily making money at the time. Like, I was selling stuff, but I noticed that I was getting on magazines, I was, but nobody was buying it. Mm. So there was a point where I took all my stuff out of fashion houses because I was like, you guys aren't really um, giving me credit. And, like, I know that's my stuff, but nobody else knows that's my mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? So I took all my stuff out, and I kind of was like, all right, I'm just going to hone it in and figure out what I'm going to do to make money. Mm. So they so they were in the fashion houses, and they mm. were in the magazines, but they mm. weren't, you know, tagging you or mm-hmm. in the fine print. They weren't telling them where they got this stuff from. Yeah. So how did you get to a point where you realized you had to have that conversation? Like, obviously you weren't making money, but like, how did those conversations go? Because what, because what I hear is like, I know my value. Mm-hmm. I know that my, my jewelry pieces are, are, they're, they're one of a kind. They're dope. I know that being in your fashion house is not necessarily worth it if, yeah, I'm not seeing the benefit from it. Yeah, I've got value here. Um, uh, well, I don't think I went about it the right way. I kind of took my stuff. Um, there was one party I took my stuff out of a fashion house and I gifted everybody in the party my stuff that was in the fashion house. <laughs> oh wow! So I was like, I'm gonna just get it on regular people, um, so they can wear it and they're gonna tag me. You know what I mean? Um. So that was the end of that relationship. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, they still, they still, you know, follow me. It's like, there's no beef, but it's just like, I'm not going to sit there and watch my stuff. You're getting all the credit. I'm not going to sit there and watch my stuff get credited by you and I'm making it. So I wanted people to come to me instead. And people came to me, um, but I put a fee on it. Um, if you're going to pull it, this is what it is. And not everybody wanted to pay, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. At the time, I was fine with it. Yeah. But uh, I'll be honest, like, you really, you need that in the beginning. You need people to just to be able to pull from you. So that might have been a uh, immature thing on my on my part, but 
You live and you learn. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, and like you said, like in the beginning, you're just you're just excited that people are approaching you. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, you're approaching me because I've got something here. Mm-hmm. You need to pay me for my time because exactly. this stuff is not free. You exactly. know, as many giveaways as I give, as many people as I may reach out to, mm-hmm. it costs me every time I give give you something. Mm-hmm. And people act like they don't understand that. Yeah. They think it's just like I, it's a manufactured thing. No, that took time. Like it took it takes time and it takes money. And my mm-hmm. and my time is my money. So just yeah. at least acknowledge me. Yeah. <laughs> so so then so what it, what brought you to Atlanta? So Atlanta was actually I came down here for my boyfriend. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um we did this whole it's a really crazy story, but we did a whole reality show. You might see it, you might not. Really? <laughs> yeah, on MTV. But um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we—I knew him from Minnesota. Okay. Um, so I came down here, and I thought it was a cool transition because a lot of my clients are that were online were from Atlanta mm-hmm. in the South. So mm-hmm. I was like, that won't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So is he? Is he creative? Is he in the creative world? Uh, no, he's a he's an athlete. He's a he's oh, an okay. entrepreneur too, though. So. It's cool to to be in the same house and see how he works. He's, yeah, he's he is a hustler. So yeah. I, I when I watch him, I'm like, okay, I need to go harder. Like, yeah, you know. And like, do you guys find each other motivating each other and just learning from each other kind of thing? Uh, we we do. Um, he's very like, uh, how do you describe it? Like, he goes so hard. Where it's almost intimidating sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't even want to tell him what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Because he thinks I'm playing. Like, that's how he views me. Like, I'm kind of playing around. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I don't want to hear this feedback today. Exactly. Not today. Only when I when I need to make some serious moves, I'm like, all right, let, let's talk about it. But other than that, like, it's too much for me. I'm too sensitive about my stuff where I don't want to be like bossed around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you find? I mean, obviously LA and Atlanta are mm. two totally different cities. Two of my best friends actually live out that way. I'll be out there in a couple of weeks actually. Oh my and um I like I can't pay them to move back. Like I'm always like, y'all should move back and mm. you know, let's have babies together. And they're like, Yeah, no, we're not doing mm. that. Um and but they're from Atlanta. Okay. So how was that culture shift moving from LA to Atlanta? Do you find it's a it's a big difference and what are the differences and Yeah. I think it's a big difference. Um my so my best friend from Minnesota um from high school, she moved to LA. We lived like a few blocks away from each other and then some other girls from Minnesota moved out there. So I had this whole circle yeah. and you know 5 years like you kind of have your your rhythm down. Yeah, so, and it's a lot of Tuskegee people out there. There's a lot of Tuskegee. So we had our whole ritual down. I had my places that I went. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, it's expensive. It's so expensive, and it's stressful. Like, if you're in the city, city, like, you're worried about your car being towed. My car got towed. You know? <laughs> and it was so much. Like, I had so many tickets. I was like, just forget the car. Like, seriously. <laughs> and Uber just came out, so I was Ubering everywhere. That's so funny. You can have the car and the tickets. Exactly. That's pretty hilarious. So, I still got tickets in LA. <laughs> um, yeah, so here, I feel this sense of calmness. Um, you know, I have a car, a brand new car that doesn't have tickets. Like, I just feel good out here. Um, the scene is different. But maybe I haven't, I haven't got my scene, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Because I know there's creative people out here. For sure, yeah. But there's a lot of, I feel like it's very young, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the creative scene. So I'm trying to find that, that mature, like, we're trying to get money. Yeah, like, that, thir- <laughs> that 30. Because we're putting, yeah. are you 30 yet? I'm 30. You just mm-hmm. turned 30? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're, I'm pushing 30 this year. And okay. it's like, I, I, I get what you're saying. And, like, for me, being from here... A lot of people, I mean, that, that age group is here, obviously. Yeah. But a lot of people, like all of none of my friends, friends from like high school and stuff live here anymore. It's a lot okay. of new people. Mm-hmm. So I find that too, where it is young and I'm like, I don't feel like I, I'm not the party girl. I'm not that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to club. I yeah. definitely don't want to be in this VIP situation. Yeah. Like that's just not my thing. 
So you find that the is it harder to shop for fashion and and jewelry here? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I still have all my contacts from LA, and I just make. I had to shift how I order things. So I have I have this main place that I would go to, and we text each other. I'll text him a picture of a shape, and he'll go find the shape for me. Nice. But it's it's a process. Like yeah. you know, I have to wait for him to find it, and yeah. so it's it's a lot of work. But I have found I go to America's Mart, yeah, which is fun, yeah. Um, but it's expensive compared to L. A. Because I feel like they probably get their stuff from LA. Probably. <laughs> so probably. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is. I mean, it's like I although I will say Atlanta scene is growing. Like it's yeah. changed so much even mm-hmm. since like I I'm totally old Atlanta. So I'm very much I'm still walking around like where the hell am I? Like where is this place? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um but even like like I went to this place called oh shoot Market Village Atlanta or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm butchering the name, but it was like a it was a lot of creative cultural type of mm-hmm. um, entrepreneurs that had you know different you know just different things soaps and jewelry and yeah. just all kinds of so I think that market seems to be growing. Yeah, but you know yeah. we slowed. <laughs> we still yeah. in the south. I, yeah, <laughs> I noticed a lot of that. Like there's a lot of community type pop-up shops and stuff Mm -hmm. which is really cool um i think i just got used to a certain thing but i mean i have a child now so i need to like reroute my scene anyways so you know what so what 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 would what do you you think you're looking for just um i don't know because i was like i was on and it doesn't matter because it was the past but i was on melrose like with um, who was out right then? I don't know. There was just like all the people that were up and coming, like BJ the Chicago Kid mm-hmm. and um, what's his name? Like Trap House Clothing. Like everybody that was in that era was on in my scene mm-hmm. right then. But I'm not out there smoking ganja anymore and <laughs> doing, you know, drinking all night. Like, that's not me anymore. So I think I'm looking for, I'm looking for people that are cool, laid back. Like, I'm not a club girl either. Mm-hmm. So people that know how to have a house party and, mm-hmm. you know, just have fun, but mm-hmm. not be judgmental, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I hate that scene. Mm. I went to a club maybe once since I've been out here, and I left in 15 minutes because I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I'm like, if you're looking for non-judgmental, you might be in the wrong city. You mm-hmm. might be in the wrong state. <laughs> no, and I've noticed that, too. Like, I think the clubs are very similar to L.A. Like, um, all the VIP and club sections like people used to dance here when I used to visit people don't dance anymore how I do this <laughs> mm-hmm. in the club the whole are they doing yeah I'm looking down at my phone by the way guys they're either looking down at their phone mm-hmm. or they're snapchatting but mm-hmm. like there's nothing to really snapchat there is yeah. no dancing it's weird it is mm-hmm. so where do you see yo megs going like what where, where what are you planning on where are you planning on taking yo megs in the next let's just say Two years. Two years. Um, I'm. I want to continue with what I'm doing with um, recreating vintage pieces. I love that aspect. Like I've been approached to do um, manufacturing, but it's just so. Ugh, I don't know. I don't like it. Like I like people to feel a special piece. Like it mm-hmm. came from something from somewhere. Um, so I want to keep doing that. I probably need to bring on somebody. But like we were talking about before we started the podcast about building a team, it's really hard. Um, people don't necessarily see your vision mm. or they don't have the patience. Mm. Um, or even the work ethic for the vision. Exactly. Mm. So um, one day somebody special will come along and add value to it. But I'm not going to like stress about it. Mm-hmm. Um but I do want to branch out. Like, since having my daughter, I'm like, I want to make cool stuff for kids. Yes. Yeah. That's a total market, and mm-hmm. I can see that for you. It's such a market. Like, yes. it. there's so many cute little stay-at-home moms that have created stuff. Yeah. Like, her favorite thing right now is her um, 
Nubu, which is a pacifier, and it has a animal attached uh-huh. to it. <laughs> like, if she doesn't have that, it's over. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. I want to just come up with something cute, you know? Yeah. And make some money off of it and, mm-hmm. and you know, see see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I, how do you feel? When, when I have my son, mm-hmm. my mind shifted, but it shifted in a way of, like, activism type of thing. I had my son around Trayvon Martin in mm-hmm. that whole time period. But then when I had my daughter, I felt a responsibility to just, like, hustle like hell. Like, yeah. it was just a whole different kind of mentality. Did, yeah. you, did you feel that? I did. I did, and I felt like... All right. She, I hope she's like me. Like, my viewpoint on, like, how people treat you, how a man treats you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you need to get your own. Because I'll give you the background on that. When I came down here, my whole um, how I worked shifted. And so I kind of felt um, like my confidence kind of went down. Because it was like I wasn't in control anymore. You know? So... I never want her to feel that way. Like, she mm-hmm. needs to be confident. Like, she needs to get her own no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to be good no matter what, but I need to instill that in her. Like, let's, we're going to be a hustler. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. We're going to get this, mama. So. And in order for her to see that, you got to kind of do that. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel, too. So, mm-hmm. so stay, being a stay-at-home mom, like, full-time is just not in the books for you. Like, that's um, not your personality. If... If I could figure out how to make jewelry without her choking on it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if I could just figure out how to do that all in the same house, I would. But that's why, kind of why I want to do the, the children thing, because I kind of want it to turn into her thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I can see Like, that. you can, yeah, come up with an idea. Like, yeah. You know? Well, I saw that video that you posted, which I just was, I fell in love with it because it was so cute. Because it's like, even at, at that point, she must have been, what, a month old, six mm-hmm. weeks old, and you, you got her in a carrier, and you're sitting down, and you're hustling, and it's like, I'm showing you from birth that, like, mm-hmm. mama's still going to make this jewelry and still mm-hmm. get this hustle on while you're here. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's important. Yeah. So um, so before we wrap up, mm-hmm. um, just, I, you know, just let everybody know, like, what is it about Yo Megs that we need to know? Okay. Um I think Yo Megs is just a special type of jewelry. Like I like I love how you introduce me as a jewelry artist. Like I feel respected when you say that and I appreciate it. Um but it really is art to me. Um like I I love being able to find the different parts and just sit down and and create and I love repurposing things. And I think that is special and it's helpful for our our environment cuz so many people just throw things away and when I see those things I'm like no like you can let me use that yeah like you can and I appreciate people like even a way to support me is just send me your old jewelry like I've had so many people do that and I'm like that's so much love like yeah that's free inventory for me that makes sense Mm -hmm. well I have on a Yo Meg's find um right now because you also shop vintage like yeah. Thrift store type situation. Yeah. So I started doing that. I actually started doing that this summer when I was in Michigan with my dad um, because he lives in this really small town and there's this lady, she has this store and she had like boxes and boxes of jewelry and I was like, what are you doing with this? She's like, nobody buys it. I was like, can I have it? And she gave me everything. <laughs> so I was wow. like, so I just picked out things that I thought were cool. And I think it's important to keep some things that are classic, classic, you know? Like my necklace. Yeah, your necklace is dope. Yeah, my <laughs> husband loves it. He's like, he he's always like, I'm like, well, what which necklace do you think I should wear? He's like, well, where's your gold one? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it's his total favorite. Mm-hmm. I read on your website um, that about your grandmother's influence mm-hmm. on your jewelry line. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I I t- draw from all of my grandmothers because they all were super different. And, you know, like I was saying, we were adopted. My two parents were adopted. So I have my mom's real mom um, and her uh, adopted mother. Her adopted mother was super funky. Um, like, she had vanities with... Um, pearls strewn up on it like she just looked like she lived lavishly yeah (laughs) she didn't really but you know she liked to pretend and dress up around the house and I just thought it was so cool 
Um, and then my my dad's real mother, she's like this. She's very like wants to dress Indian. She's this old white lady with white hair, <laughs> but she wears turquoise and silver. Like just their styling was just so cool to me. And growing up, I do remember looking back. It kind of has been instilled in me. I used to take jewelry from my mom's jewelry box. I was just a weirdo. I would bury it in the backyard and stuff. But, like, I just love little treasures and finding it. Like, that's just always been me. So so you would go bury it and then find it? I, I don't know. I would bury it. I don't know why I buried it. It's probably still there in the backyard in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. But, yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. But I love that. And then your mom's an artist. My mom's so, an artist. So, like, your whole, you know immediate family and immediate circle is sounds very cultural and just you know artsy and creative so that's Mm -hmm. probably already in you you probably would have died behind the desk every day all day and that's it well I died a little bit in Tuskegee at the business house when they made us dress up every day (laughs) like I was like nope like I knew then Uh I'm never wearing a suit Uh (laughs) although I did enjoy dressing up in the business house but that was just I was real conservative back then. I mean, I, I did not like it. Yeah. And I remember I got graded. I got a grade dropped because I had on flats one day. And was I that just, a Freeman class? That was actually a Lanier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the guy. Yeah. It was a Lanier class. <laughs> and it was in front of everybody. He was like, like, our project was great. And it was a group project. He was like, everything's great except... Uh, Miss Gilchrist, you got flats on, and they're they were leather, cute flats, and I was like, this is the most sexist thing. <laughs> I was just mad. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh never. my gosh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. So, what do you make of like? Because Atlanta, I think, is a very obviously it's a very black city in mm. many ways, even though with gentrification and all the changes, right? It's changing. What do you think of the vibe of the city? And are you excited to raise your daughter here? So, okay, the vibe of the city, I love that it's, you can see um, black people doing well. Like, I feel like that's a very apparent thing. Like, we're okay out here. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, LA, Minnesota, like, you can tell when they're not doing okay. But out here, it just feels like everybody is making money. They kind of put us on billboards. Like, you can see us in commercials. Like, It's very apparent, like, this is a black city, and I love that. Um, The only thing that I worry about for my daughter is that it's very (laughs) (laughs) strip-club-ish. And we're in Buckhead, so I'm, like, on Piedmont. There's, like, so many strip-clubs or sex shops, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, she's not going to be one of these little, yeah. these, one of these little girls. Yeah, not at all. That's funny. That's funny <laughs> that you say that though, because I think, because um, I like I don't go to strip clubs at all. When when you guys moved down here, were you guys like frequenting these strip clubs? No, at all? I'm not. My parents, my dad is a preacher. Like, oh wow. My mom is very. My family's very. Um, I'm not going to say religious, but they're very. They believe in God. And I kind of grew up that way. And even though I have a wild side, like, I didn't, I don't necessarily follow that. Like, I really believe, like, if you like somebody, like, you just like them. Like, you don't go look at other women, lust after other yeah. women. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about a strip club. Yeah. I'm there with you. I, it's just <laughs> not my thing. Like, mm-hmm. I've been to a couple. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how's Magic City? Are you from the A? How's... And I'm like, I ain't never been to Magic City. Yeah. And I really... Yeah. Don't and, desire to try yeah. it, honestly. And I'm not going to say I haven't yeah. been to one, but I felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, well, I don't want your booty juices on me, first no. of all, because I've been to a few. And I just, you know, it's like, okay, cool. And I'm cheap. I'm not, gonna, I'm not giving you mm-hmm. my money. And I know you're going home with thousands of dollars. Thousands. I'm not. I'm not. And then you can't even stay in there <laughs> if you don't. So it's like, yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah. So you said your dad was a preacher. How was that growing up, the the, the daughter of a preacher? Um, I mean, it was cool. Like, he wasn't, he didn't have his church growing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. but he always, like, he would do little classes here and there. Um, And my mom, they've been separated since I was three. So I'd be at his house, and 
you know, very Christian. We weren't allowed to watch cartoons that had, like, witchcraft or mm. um, go trick-or-treating. You know, just he was very strict with it. And then my mom, um, she went to a whole different type of church. Um, and we had, like, groups, like, children groups that we go to. So it was very, like, it was our social, that was my whole social. Everybody believed in God. And that was, that was cool until I realized that people are people. Like, you know, something happened at the church and I was like, oh, okay, y'all sin too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Christians aren't perfect. Yeah. Mm. So that kind of skewed my, my vision on religion. Um, but I'm very grateful for what they instilled in me though. Yeah. Because I'm, that's who I go to when I'm in trouble. I pray, you yeah. know? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. And especially, do you find yourself praying even more now that you're a mom? Yeah, very much so. And I kind of, I came back to it because I, I did kind of stray away, like in college, mm. because of me realizing that people are regular people in church, I kind of went on my own, like, okay, I, I'm not understanding this, so let me go explore some things in the world, you know. And when I went down to college, I would see people at the club, and then we'd be at church the next day. And I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> and tell me realizing, like, we're all humans at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. We all have our faults. It's okay. Your journey is your own journey. Mm -hmm. You know. You might be a little hungover. Your yep. head might be hurting. Mm -hmm. You might have just gotten into a fight with your boo, but mm -hmm. we yeah. in church the next day, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which I think is dope. So mm -hmm. before we wrap up, I always like to find out what people are, what books people are reading. Okay. So what books are you reading? What are you listening to? What music are okay. you listening to? And then, just like, what are you watching on TV and movies and things like that? Okay. So, all right. I'm not a big TV person, but I'll, I'll find a series and I'll watch it. So, I'm watching Girls right now. And okay. I think that's old, but... Is it? I, I don't know. I'm not a huge TV person either. What what channel would it... Do you have a Fire Stick? Um, it's on... Um, it's on HBO on demand. HBO, okay. So <laughs> it's a girl. She wrote the series, which I think is cool. And the situations are really funny, but it's like what girls, what we really do, but we really don't talk about. Uh -huh. So it's kind of like, oh, they're doing it too. Like, yeah. Okay. So I like those kind of shows where you're like, oh, yeah. all right. And I love being Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, you like the new season? Um, Not so much. Everybody's been saying that. She's not doing like the quotes and stuff. It's strong. Um, and I yeah. loved that, that she's doing, you know, the quotes, and it was a strong message before. I don't feel like it's that strong. Anymore. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people have been kind of disappointed in the second season. I, I've i only watched one episode, I think, mm -hmm. or maybe two, where she, like, met the guy, and mm -hmm. they did their whole thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, I, yeah, I've just, every and, and I don't run and go watch it, because everybody's like, boo, and I'm like... Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's not that bad. I'm going to watch it, though. What, yeah. So what else are you watching? Um, uh, That's about it. Um, I'm reading How to Be a Badass. Okay. Um, I'll look up the title. It's about, it's basically about how to get yourself back, like entrepreneur, relationship. Yeah. It's like a self-help book, but yeah. it's awesome. I actually, when I wake up, I read it, and my daughter's in my arm. She hears it, too. I know that's right. <laughs> um. We had a chapter this morning. We took a little nap. Like, it was great. Oh, it's called You Are a Badass. You Are a Badass. Uh-huh. You Audible? Um, do you do Audible? No. Not right now. Mm -hmm. You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Um, so that, I've been listening to Terrica, Car Chronicles with Terrica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her podcasts are awesome. Yeah. So, like, if I'm driving around, I'll listen to those. And then I'm a big, um, I used to be, like, super hip-hop. But I've toned it down because I'm. I liked the beat, but I'm realizing the messages now. Like I've always realized the message, but I'm like, this is so derogatory. My daughter doesn't <laughs> need to have this in her spirit, yeah. you know. Yeah. So anything that's just cool, relaxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's funny that you say <laughs> that. Um, yeah, Terika was, I think, the second boss mommy interview that we did, and she mm -hmm. came on the podcast. Um, a few times last season um, before starting her own. So mm -hmm. I'm excited for her. Yeah. Um, and then, but it's funny that you say that about hip hop because my husband's a DJ mm -hmm. and I have a son and he is so like, yo, yo, yo kind of kid, you yeah. know? And my daughter is like, she loves all the like pop, like, thank 
baby. Uh-huh. This is what she loves that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she had that, she had this, 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 this <laughs> that. And I'm like, Shelby, you have to stop letting him listen to this stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, why? That's why I had kids. Like, I, you know, it's, it's so funny. So <laughs> that's like that balance between girls and boys, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did you did you listen to Solange's album? Yeah, I love that album. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love so I love Jill Scott. Okay, I love um, I love King. I love um, just anything kind of like cool, soulful. Erica Badu. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I love that. Can you believe Erica Badu's Baduism came out twenty years ago? No, in that not at all. <laughs> it it kind of makes me feel some kind of way because I know that whole CD and I've known it forever, mm-hmm. and then so I still listen to it. Even my daughter, she'll be like, "You got a rim shot," like she'll yeah. have her listen yeah. to it with me, and I feel some kind of way like. Dang, 20 years ago? Like, I know. How can anything be 20, 20 years yeah. ago? Like Lauren Hill, Miseducation. Yes, yes. What? Exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's still so relevant. Like, mm-hmm. I still listen to that as well. Like, it's so relevant. Mm-hmm. So let everybody know how we can find you, how we can support you. Okay. Um, You guys can shop and just, or read the about page or my blog at www.yomegs.com that's y-o-m-e-g-z.com and how can we and is that your instagram and i know it's your instagram handle um yeah that's my instagram uh there's a dot you could just look up the hashtag yomegs okay you'll find it that's the easiest part all right. Well, Megan, thank you so much for this interview. Yes, it was course. amazing. Um, and everybody just please support Megan, support your Megs. Um, that's why we're here, you know, is trying to get, trying to get our community supporting mm-hmm. each other. I think we're doing it. I think so. I think we're in this era of like support black business and yeah. buy black and support, you know, support your sisters, support your brother. So I think like for me, I'm like, let's, let's, I want to be a part of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I want everybody who comes on the show and everybody who's listening to just be a part of that whole vibe. Yeah. Cause it's important. You know, we need each other and you know, we're doing some amazing things. Congrats, congrats on baby quest. Thank I'm you. very sad. She's not here. <laughs> I thought she was gonna be here, and I thought I was gonna be able to like convince my husband to give me one of her, but maybe next time. Um, so thank you so much again for coming, and we'll see y'all next time. Thank you. Bye. That was awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this boss mommy's interview and episode. I swear I'm so blessed to be able to talk to some of the most amazing people and share their stories with you guys. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys for listening and for supporting our Boss Mommy. So you can support today's Boss Mommy by visiting her website, www.yomegs.com, and that's Y-O-M-E-G-Z. Uh, make sure you follow her on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, all, all of it is at Yomegs. And of course, be sure to share this episode with your friends and your followers. Subscribe to Hot Cocoa Mommies on iTunes and SoundCloud. And find Hot Cocoa Mommies on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, you can email us your questions, comments, and your stories to hotcocoamommies at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you guys.